one constant through all the years, Ray. It's been beyond the game. Beyond the game. Beyond the game. Oh, I hurt that so much. The most well-known, the best-looking, the best-dressed. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like that? That's the dumbest thing I could think of. You guys are so young and stupid. No idea who you're talking about. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. That is a career ender. Just like this show. Please clap. You're already famous in Rochester, the Watch Out World. We would be honored if you would join us. Happy Easter weekend to you, and welcome to Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. Give them a call at 585-426-5024. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Rick Benson joining you as we close out this month of March. Joining me as he usually does is the top producer in all of faith-based sports talk <laughs> radio. Zach Barletta is here, and of course, Darren Metzger is here as well, so the gang is all here. Check out our website, btgprogram.com. Find out more about the show. Find archives of past interviews, segments, broadcasts. A significant portion of our airtime and production costs for Beyond the Game is paid for by the financial support of our listeners. And you can support the program by purchasing a BTG t-shirt, maybe a coffee mug, or perhaps even becoming a financial contributor. Give it a look btgprogram.com. Our Twitter handle is at btgprogram. Now, I apologize to most of you listening as I've been battling a bit of a cold in the last few days, and as a result, my voice is obviously a bit off. And the reason I say I apologize to most of you is, well, let's just be honest, the ladies are digging my sweet bass. <laughs> and I'm, I'm digging the bass right now. It's the Sexy Voice Show this week on Beyond <laughs> the Game. Sexy Voice is sponsored by Megan Trainer and by Barry White. Because you know I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. <laughs> You're listening to the sweet sounds of Midnight Love on WRIK. Let the DJ whisper sweet nothings in your ear. But for real, I, I wish I could keep it. It's awesome. <laughs> Happens every time I get a cold. <laughs> every time. It's it's the glass half full part of being sick. <laughs> you know, you don't want to go out and intentionally get sick, but there's times that, you know, my wife is like, hey, man, any chance we can get the voice? <laughs> <laughs> I got to get around some germ-filled kids, but, yeah, I suppose I can get you the voice. So Peyton Manning decided to retire a Bronco. Why was this even a thing? Does anybody really care? Did anyone really think he was going to sign one of those stupid one-day contracts no. just to retire as a Colt? No. Can somebody tell me what difference does it make what team you retire with? If you didn't spend your whole career there, then who cares? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't know that it had anything to do with the Colts letting him go. Maybe it did. He's ultra competitive. But, I mean, he's a smart guy. He's got to identify that for the Colts at that time sitting there with an opportunity to grab Andrew Luck, it's the right move for them. So wouldn't it be a slap in the face to the Broncos who gave him that opportunity to win a second Super Bowl had he gone to the effort of retiring as a Colt? I mean, just retire. Nothing changes. Am I wrong? No. 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 You, the only thing I could see, like say it's like baseball and you go into the Hall of Fame wearing a certain hat or whatever, and he goes in as a Bronco that way into the Hall of Fame, then it's a story. But this, he's just retiring. Let it go. So if I give you three choices, 
Which category would you put LeBron James in? Is he A. Done in Cleveland, the man's checked out? Likes to mess with people? Or is a clueless moron? This past week he unfollowed the Cavaliers on Twitter or Instagram or something. In and of itself, no big deal. But you're the best player on the planet. You didn't think that somebody would notice that and start speculating on what it could mean? (laughs) Even if it means nothing at all. Just think about it, man. Think about it. He is. I I think he's messing with people. This is like the most boring time of year for teams already in the playoffs. He's just messing with people, man. Listen, we all all have those people that, you know, you're right on the fringe. Man, I'm going to unfollow them, but then I got to see them, and they're going to know it. So (laughs) you just mute them. They never know. You just mute him. And he could have done that. So that's beyond me. But then, then to suggest that you would take a pay cut in order to play with Carmelo Anthony and D. Wade and Chris Paul. This is awesome. Yeah, I'm sure that's really encouraging your teammates. <laughs> Wait, I mean, obviously the chemistry is lacking in Cleveland already. <laughs> and then you go out and say, yeah, I'd really rather be playing with those guys. Heck, I'd even take a pay cut to do it. I mean... It's not possible for those guys to play together. It really isn't. He's even messing if, with even people. Even if it is, what? why would you say that? Listen, if LeBron wears the wrong color undershorts, people will speculate about what he's meaning. How would they know? Oh, he's wearing the team colors of the whatevers, you know, and they're going to add, add up unfollowing your team on social media and then talking about running with a new crew. You have to be messing with people, right? <laughs> I love it. Or maybe you're done, but you can't be that foolish, can you? I love it. This is all very entertaining to me. And at this at this point, if you're LeBron, don't you have people that handle your social media for you? you know, I would like, think to avoid stuff like this. Like, I think he just likes he's to mess with people. He's, yeah. he's got to get better people. Then <laughs> Dwayne Wade's response was a contrast in the type of leadership between the two guys. He says, "I don't know, man." Yeah, I heard it. I read it. I'm not really jumping into the headlines right now. For me, I'm focused on my teammates here. As cool as the headline is, that has nothing to do with what we're trying to do here. That's leadership. That's dismissing. He says, hey, man, that's cool, but I'm really focused on my guys here. And that's the right answer. Last week, I told you about Jeremy Lin having an email prayer request, which he sends out periodically. You can find that on his website, jlin7.com. But he was being transparent and admitting he was struggling a bit with his game and was asking uh, for prayer from a group of prayer warriors that regularly pray for him. Well, it may have even been the prayers of people who heard me talking about it on this program last week, and then you lifted him up in prayer this past Monday against one of the league's very best, the San Antonio Spurs. Jeremy Lin scores 15 of his 29 points in the fourth quarter to help his Charlotte Hornets rally for a 91-88 victory. Not only did it snap the Spurs' six-game winning streak, but in doing so, Lin and the Hornets overcame a 23-point deficit. The Hornets trailed 28-7 after the first quarter. 28-7. And then Jeremy Lin went off. He was 11-18 of from the field hit all four three-point attempts, which was something he was especially having difficulty with. Three of his three-pointers came in the fourth quarter, and it was Lynn who hit the go-ahead jumper with 48 seconds left. So there's an answer to prayer. Coming up today on Beyond the Game, we're going to make Zach's dream come true. That is, if my voice hasn't already done that. (laughs) We're going to talk to a baseball analytics guy. 
We're going to talk with Dan Fox from the Pittsburgh Pirates. He'll join us to talk about the significance of tracking statistics. And you can be all old school if you want. But it's difficult to deny the success the Pirates have enjoyed in recent years since Dan has joined the club. We'll also chat with Gary Andrews of the NCCAA National Champion women's basketball team from Roberts Wesleyan College. I've got some thoughts I'll share about this week's spectacle in Cuba, Major League Baseball, and the President of the United States taking in a ball game as guests of the Castro regime at Latino Americana Stadium in Havana. Zach has a fresh list of topics for shenanigans, our pests of the week, and more coming up in this hour of Beyond the Game. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Town & Country has been in business for nearly three successful decades. They know how to get the job done. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown. Well, just about any place that you can pick up this radio station is a place Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country technicians are friendly, professional, and most important, knowledgeable. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't? Call Town & Country. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, you name it. Call Town & Country. Even raccoons and larger animals. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions at 585-426-5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. Grace and Truth Youth Baseball is registering for its 2016 season. G&T has divisions to accommodate boys and girls ranging from ages 5 to 15 years of age. Games are played Saturday mornings beginning May 7th and continuing through June 25th. Some age groups will have a weeknight practice time as well. All games are played at the beautiful G&T Sports Park in Hilton. The baseball programs offered through G&T Athletics teach baseball in a fun, family-centered environment that is sure to provide your family with many fond memories. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info. Welcome back to Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. You can visit our show online, btgprogram.com, or visit us on Twitter, at btgprogram. In fact, at btgprogram is for all the social media. We're on most of those. I'm your host, Rick Benson. Joining me, of course, as always, is Zach Barletta and Darren Metzger. Gary Andrews is the head coach of the NCCAA National Champions women's basketball team at Roberts Wesleyan College. He joins us now on the BTG studio line. Welcome to the program, Coach, and congratulations. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. A national championship is certainly a nice way to cap off what was a 29-7 and season, your first at Roberts. As you look back on the season, was there maybe one point where you began to think that this team could make a run at the title? I think maybe, you know, just the start of the year, we played Cleveland State, who was an NCAA Division One team, an exhibition game, and we... We went to their place and won by, I can't remember, seven or nine points. And anytime you can beat a Division One team, um, you know, it gives you a lot of confidence. And I, I think that gives it, gave us gave the idea that we had a chance to be pretty good this year. You have one senior on your roster, Samantha Courtney. 
How special is it to be able to send her off with a national championship? It was pretty awesome. I mean, she had a great year for us. She was first team all conference. She was conference defensive player of the year. You know, she was NCC, AA, you know, the national tournament MVP. And it was great to send her out with, you know, a national championship and all the awards. And she was very deserving of all those honors. Apart from Samantha, the team is made up of freshmen and sophomores. How excited are you? And do you allow yourself to think about the program possibly being positioned to go on a run over the next few years? Yes. I mean, we're very excited. And, you know, like you said, we were mostly freshmen and sophomores this year. And, you know, we've already got commitments from two really, really good players. And you know, I think we had a chance we can get a couple more players, you know, for next year. We got a chance to have, you know, even better team next season. This season, you had three different sophomores give you right around 1,200 minutes each. Brooke Fields, Lucy Covley, and CeCe James. Can you talk about the leadership these three relatively young ladies provide? They did a great job. I mean, right around the middle of the year, we brought them in and made them captains. And we told them, you know, even though you're sophomores, you know, we're going to make you captains along with Samantha. And, you know, we need you guys to provide some leadership because you guys are playing a lot of minutes. And they really stepped up and did a great job. Shouldering a lot of the responsibility for the team with the ball handling, scoring, defense, you know, rebounding, assists, things like that. And they did a great job. We're talking with Gary Andrews, head coach of the women's basketball team at Roberts Wesleyan College. I should say the NCCAA National Champions women's basketball team. You've probably answered this question many times over by now, but you enjoyed great success over 13 years coaching at your alma mater at St. Francis. What was it about the Roberts Wesleyan job that attracted you to taking on the challenge of guiding this team? Um, I kind of was kind of just love, you know, the, the place and time at St. Francis where, you know, we'd done a lot of things. We'd had an undefeated national championship team and I kind of wanted to spread my wings and try to go for that next level and you know, try to go to D2 school. And, you know, Roberts has great leadership, great president, great AD, you know, strong Christian school and you know people are great here and that kind of drew me out you know, out here to um, Rochester and everybody's been great so far. Of course the excitement of winning a national championship is probably still very fresh on your mind but as you look back on this season is there anything you wish you may have done differently or do you see some things you'd like to maybe build on for the next few years? I mean we were really we wanted to make the NCAA Division II tournament and we were just missed it by a fraction of an inch and you know, I think one thing is kind of early in the year, our first conference game, we lost in triple overtime. And at the end of the first overtime, we're up three, and a girl makes thanks and shot at the buzzer, and she's way over the three-point line. And, you know, it was an obvious should have been a two. We should have won the game right there. And, you know, the officials would have called it right. We probably, you know, we win that game, and we probably make the NCAA tournament. So that kind of... That was always in the back of our mind. We're always just like, what if? And we always were worried that would really cost us. So if we could change one thing, we'd like the officials to see the three-point line a little bit better <laughs> in that game. But mistakes happen, and you got to move on. And, you know, you had to deal with adversity. And, you know, we still had a good year. Good job by you guys then being able to stay focused and not allowing something like that to derail you for a few games or maybe even cost you the season. Right. I mean, it was hard to do because, like I said, it's very – frustrating. It was one of those games that just hangs over your head the whole year since it was the first conference game. So, you know, I thought the kids did a great job, you know, trying to forget about it and just battling and, you know, keep improving and get better and better as the year went on. 
Coach, can you tell us a little bit about your faith story? How and when did you become a believer in Christ? You know, I grew up, I was very fortunate. I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, my mom and dad are Christian, so we just, you know, that's kind of the way it was. And, you know, I went to church every Sunday and, you know, went to youth and, you know, Bible school during the summer. And I can't remember exactly what age did when I, you know, said to Jesus. It was Archie Griffin was a Heisman Trophy winner at Ohio State. They had a revival at our high school. I'm guessing I was anywhere from 8 to 12, like I said. That's 40-some years ago, so it's hard to remember exactly. I still remember walking up. You know, they asked for anybody who wanted to come down. And I can still right now just picture going down to the, you know, the stage where everybody was and, you know, bringing Jesus into my life. But like I said, he really has always been in my life. Since, like I said, growing up in a Christian home and, you know, going to church every Sunday, I really don't know any other way, and I just really thank my parents that they brought me up in a Christian home like that. Yeah, praise the Lord for good, solid, Bible-believing parents. Right, I agree. Before we let you go, Coach, is there anything we could pray about for you? Just you know, pray for, you know, my niece is coming here next year, and she just had jaw surgery. She didn't have a natural bite in her teeth, so they broke her upper jaw and her bottom jaw, so she's healing from that, so maybe if we just pray for her to keep healing her body and just pray for you know, me to help provide you know, leadership for all my players and my family. That would be awesome. Absolutely be our honor. We've been talking with Gary Andrews. He's the head coach of the NCCAA National Champions women's basketball team at Roberts Wesleyan College. Congratulations again, Coach. Thanks for spending time with us, and enjoy the off season. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. That's Gary Andrews from Roberts Wesleyan College joining us on Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. The NCCAA National Champions women's basketball team at Roberts. That's pretty impressive. Seems like he had a hard time getting over that missed call, though. <laughs> Hopefully that wound, though, will heal over the off season. I find myself becoming more and more reluctant to watch anything on ESPN. I have nothing against ESPN. It's not my intent to disparage them. But apart from live games, their programming just doesn't seem to capture my interest. And I was watching ESPN going way back to the early days of guys like the late Tom Meese. I rarely watch SportsCenter because it seems so scripted. Everything about it just seems designed to meet some sort of agenda or accomplish some sort of promotion for ESPN. It's as if they're delivering sports news in a way that helps them promote their own programming. And I get it. It's a business, but I, I just don't like it. It seems so... It just seems so scripted. I do enjoy the 30 for 30 programs, but to tell you the truth, I rarely see them. And when I do, it's usually through Netflix or I'm streaming it online somewhere. I get my sports news from talk shows and websites. I start with CBSSports.com. I just like their website. I really like their app. I like the way they deliver the sports news. I will go to ESPN's website every now and again. I check out FoxSports.com. I know Yahoo's out there. I know there are several others that do a decent job. I just, for me, I happen to like CBSSports.com. I like the way they deliver it. But this past Tuesday morning, I was on ESPN.com, and it was just so over the top with propaganda promoting the televised broadcast of a game later in the day between the Tampa Bay Rays and the Cuban national team. ESPN was so over the top in building this event up. I put the game on later in the day, and much as I expected it, it, too, seemed very heavily scripted, right down to the announcer's obvious endorsement of the event, their glowing support of the U.S. president for his part in making this exhibition happen. 
I'm not begrudging any one of their views or their opinions, but for me, it just seems so so orchestrated. It seems so rehearsed, like so much that ESPN does. This game bothered me. Now, I know this isn't the first time. I know there's been other games there, but this was more of an event. This seemed to have a lot more to it than just a baseball game, and there was a lot more to it. This wasn't a movie. This wasn't the New York Rangers going to play a game of pond hockey up in Alaska. This was our president going to Cuba. To Cuba. Not even the Cubans coming to the U.S. Now, I'll stop short of what some others have said. I don't think this was a celebration of a government regime that's persecuted so many. Perhaps the only thing being celebrated was a love of baseball. But with the President of the United States sitting alongside the Cuban dictator, enjoying a baseball game, relaxing together, this wasn't a rejection either. From the perspective of those who died, those who suffered, those who were forced to flee, those who chose to flee, you know, to them it may very well have been an endorsement. The many handshakes, the smiles between the leaders of the two countries was was troubling. Then to hear the PA announcer condemn the terrorist attacks in Belgium and, and ask for a minute of silence, it just rang hollow to me. This was Cuba, after all, one of the most oppressive regimes against its own people. So many people who lost their lives, who risked their lives fleeing from oppression. So many families that have been separated. The Rays were even starting a guy who defected from the country. I was disturbed watching Derek Jeter, Dave Winfield, Joe Torre, all guys I rooted for on the baseball field. I was disturbed watching this. Our president, the worldwide leader in sports, all seemingly embracing, if not turning a blind eye, toward the communist regime and its dictator who have the blood of so many on their hands. At one point, the Cuban national team goes behind home plate to acknowledge the dignitaries sitting there. Only one of those seems to be disrespecting them. To me, at least, it would seem like disrespect. He's left to see. He's over there chatting it up with Joe Torre. I mean, come on, man. You know, for one afternoon, I suppose those in attendance enjoyed a baseball game that featured a major league team. They love baseball. Good for them. They got to see baseball at its highest level. But I suspect most, if not all, were hand-selected to be there. What what do the Cuban people get from that other than a baseball game? The average Cuban citizen, what do they get out of this? What was the purpose for this event? It seems to me that Raul Castro came away with a great wealth of photo ops, which he can now use to show how the U.S. is, is, is accepting of his government, is accepting of their practices, how we maybe not fully support it, but we're not against it. We're still coming to enjoy a baseball game. Our leader is sitting beside him. What a great photo op for the Cuban leader. What's in it for the U.S.? I suppose Major League Baseball hopes for an open pathway for ball players. Make no mistake, it's about money. Teams are hoping to more easily be able to sign players that can help them sell more tickets, that can help them win a championship. Currently, the Castro regime restricts, strictly restricts travel abroad. U.S. clubs are not allowed to go to Cuba to recruit players. There's a standing trade embargo between the countries, something our president seeks to change. 
Look, I'm a simple guy, and I don't pretend to have all the answers to political and diplomatic issues which our nation faces. In fact, I, I apologize for getting political. I'm not really, you know, I, re, I used to really like it when I was a younger man. Now, I'm sort of discouraged by the political climate, the state of our nation, the culture of our society. I'm honest with you, I'm discouraged by it. I don't have all the answers, but I am a citizen, and I am bothered, and I am embarrassing our leaders kowtowing to other nations. Zach said to me earlier this week that it's like some of our political leaders, or maybe our want-to-be leaders, have a foreign policy which equates to be nice and give them stuff, and they'll stop being horrible. How naive, but it seems like that's how some of them really think. Just give them stuff. They'll, they'll stop being horrible. Like America owes the rest of the world an apology for being free. Like we owe the rest of the world an apology for doing great things. Last year alone, more than 100 Cuban ballplayers fled the island seeking a new life in the United States. What does that tell you about Cuba? Due to the trade embargo, the risk is enhanced because those fleeing, baseball players fleeing, must first land in a third country where they can become a free agent. They can't come directly to the United States. This is where I think that exhibition in Cuba really started to break down. I don't care about baseball teams in the U.S. having access to more players. Yeah, it's nice for that player. Good for them. But how does this benefit the average Cuban citizen? Maybe we'll see down the line that this is just the first step. And maybe I'm wrong. I hope I am. I hope this opens honest communication. I hope it results in real change. Not for a couple of baseball teams. Not for a couple of baseball players. Not for the people who already are privileged and, and have an advantage, but for the average Cuban citizen. We'll see. But let me ask a more important question. Will this result in more freedom to openly declare the gospel of Jesus Christ? I just saw yesterday that SCORE International will be taking short-term missions trips to Cuba later this summer. By the way, if that's of interest to you, you can contact them. Their website is scoreintl.org. That's scoreintl.org. I don't have any information really on it. Apart from that, you can check that out for yourself if that's of interest to you. But will this result in openly being able to share Jesus Christ with the people of Cuba? That's what matters most. Will the truth of God's word be welcome in Cuba? Will it have unrestricted access to the ears of the Cuban people? You know, until then, out of respect for those who suffered, those who died, those who fled, I don't think our president should be there. That's me. I don't think our president should be there enjoying a baseball game with the Cuban leader when the only ones set to benefit are Cuba and Major League Baseball. Oh, and probably the Players' Tribune will come out pretty well, too. I suspect we'll see some articles coming out of this experience in Cuba. Such diplomatic negotiations should take place either in the U.S., or at a neutral site, an impartial location. I just think it sends a bad message. Our leaders, our baseball leaders, our political leaders going to Cuba. I just found the whole thing troubling. But if at the end of the day, the freedom to share the good news of Jesus Christ, if there is greater freedom to do that, well then praise the Lord, I guess it was a good thing. I'm Rick Benson. You're listening to Beyond the Game. 
We'll be back right after this break. Grace and Truth Youth Baseball is registering for its 2016 season. G&T has divisions to accommodate boys and girls ranging from ages 5 to 15 years of age. Games are played Saturday mornings beginning May 7th and continuing through June 25th. Some age groups will have a weeknight practice time as well. All games are played at the beautiful G&T Sports Park in Hilton. The baseball programs offered through G&T Athletics teach baseball in a fun, family-centered environment that is sure to provide your family with many fond memories. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info. I've been telling you about McAfee's Remodeling Company on this show for a long time. They're family-owned and have been in business for nearly two decades. They're great for all your interior and exterior home remodeling needs, but they also do much more. McAfee's Remodeling is now proud to offer hydro garden construction to help you become more self-sufficient by growing food in your own home year-round. And they are now proud to be offering skylights and light tunnel installation. Light tunnels bring more healthy natural light into your home, allowing you to use less artificial light and save on electricity. So give McAfee's Remodeling a call at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Welcome back to the Beyond the Game program. So glad to have you along. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. I apologize once again, but battling a bit of a cold, so you have Sexy Voice Show here today. In an appearance this week on You Made It Weird, the You Made It Weird podcast with comedian Pete Holmes, Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers said this. I saw an unidentified flying where Unidentified we, flying yeah. object yeah. in the sky in New Jersey in 2005. Roger said he and some friends who were with him saw a large orange left-to-right moving object. He said the object had gone out of sight, but that the, that the object could still be heard 30 seconds or so after it had gone out, out of sight. He adds that shortly after that, the group then heard jets overhead, which, as Rogers pointed out, it sort of fits the mold for UFO sightings. They're usually associated with planes or jets. This happened in New Jersey. I grew up in the Catskills, which, you know, the other side of New York City. I'm north, Jersey south. But have you guys ever seen something that you would think is a UFO? No, and I kind of wish I had. Sounds cool. I would like to have, and there have been times I saw something that I thought could have been, but... I always could say, well, it could have been this, and I, there's stuff I couldn't rule out. And that's, that's usually the case. But my buddy and I, when we were kids, uh, teenagers, we would, we slept outside a lot, loved to camp, loved to be out in the woods. And mm-hmm. where I grew up, you could look over on the mountain. We grew up in the, in the Hudson Valley between the Catskills and the Schwangunk Mountains. But on that Schwangunk Ridge above there, sometimes we'd see these really odd sights, odd lights, often, uh, multicolored cigar shape they would move in odd patterns and it was just it was uh, i can't explain it now the other side of the mountain is newburgh new york and stewart air force bases there i have no idea what we're looking at i'm not saying there were aliens 
But interestingly enough, when you go over the mountain, you go through this town, Pine Bush, New York. Now, if you're not familiar with Pine Bush, New York, if you look at Google Pine Bush UFOs, it is called the UFO capital of New York State. There is a, I read a book one time about UFOs in Pine Bush. I don't believe anything I read. It was crazy. <laughs> but I think it was some farmer capitalizing on the UFO phenomenon. But hey, do you make money? But I've I've seen some odd things. So when I saw this Aaron Rodgers story in New Jersey, I was like, you know, he probably saw something. I, I believe him. You know, if there really are aliens, that's probably why they haven't contacted us because they came down to New Jersey and they're like, people are like this? <laughs> no. And they left. Zach, you have a whole list of topics for shenanigans. All right. New Baltimore Ravens safety Eric Weddle is the most recent player to bash his former team after leaving, saying that the San Diego Chargers are dead to him after leaving them for the Ravens. Players who change teams should just keep their mouth shut about their old team. I think it all depends on the situation. In most cases, yes, it's wise to just shut your mouth and move on. But in Weddle's case, I'm really not surprised he went off for whatever reason. I've actually been following most of the story starting months ago with him and the Chargers. Like, taking the out the reason game. would be we brought it up on this program. The what? The reason would be we discussed <laughs> it on this program. Oh, we did? Yeah. Was I not here? Either whether you were physically not here or <laughs> mentally not here, I cannot say. Uh, I, I followed this from the beginning, and, and I think the Chargers did him dirty. So I guess shenanigans, even though most of the time it's true. Like in this case, I'm on Weddle's side. I agree with the statement, maybe because I'm a Bills fan, and we had to sit through several weeks of LaShawn McCoy spouting off about Chip Kelly over and over again. But I hate that stuff, and I'd rather hear a player talk about how excited he is to join his new team than listen to him air his dirty laundry about his old team. I agree that a player should keep their mouth shut. And, Darren, I'm with you. I think the Chargers did this man wrong. Even though I think Weddle has plenty of justification to be bitter, the right thing is just to be quiet. Mm -hmm. Be better than the other guy. Let me give you a couple of verses. Proverbs 15.1 says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. You know that one. Proverbs 21.23 says, Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. And then, of course, the, the big one to me, Ephesians 4.29, excuse me, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as it fits the occasion that it may be give grace to those who hear. So I, I just think the more you talk, the better the chance you end up saying that something that could come back to bite you. And Weddle said, interestingly enough, he said, I never did one thing wrong, never was late to a meeting, never, never was fine. Yet it was reported that he was fined $10,000. Remember in December, we talked about this when he stayed out at halftime to watch his daughter perform in the halftime show. Team fined him then. So, see, the more you talk, you end up saying something you wish you hadn't said. All right, Dwight Howard's admission that he has used stickum on his hands for the last five years makes you look at him any differently. I agree. I do look at him different. I'm not sure what the purpose that the stickum even serves in basketball, but adding a foreign substance just makes you suspicious. The Bible says we should avoid the appearance of evil in First Thessalonians 5.22, so you start putting stuff on the ball, you make yourself suspicious. I don't think you should give people reason to question you, reason to talk about you. They may be wrong in doing so, but that's not that doesn't mean they're not going to do it. 
shenanigans. I really don't look at him any differently. He's he's a loser. He's always going to lose games. I, so I, you looked at him bad from the first place. I have. I've always <laughs> looked at him bad in the first place. I don't I didn't consider that angle, but <laughs> everyone's like, oh, he's the best center in the league. I I don't think he is. I would take a bunch of people over him. So no, stick him. Whatever, man. Whatever's going to help you lose a few more games, Dwight. Keep doing it. I call shenanigans too. He's a great big dude with great big hands, so it's not like it's given him a huge competitive advantage, anyways. And I'm sure there's lots of other players doing it, and that's why we haven't heard much outcry, so it doesn't really bother me. Truth or shenanigans, I, guys? You know what, though? Before you go on to that, I'm, okay. I'm not sure, so sure there are a lot of other people. I mean, wouldn't some of the players, they wouldn't want the goo on the no. ball? I've never so heard I think, of this. Right. I think I've, if a lot of players were doing it, you would hear complaints because they think a pure shooter is not going to want the ball yeah. being stuck in his hands. And it's not like baseball where they keep you know, fouling right. it off or one goes out of play. I mean, all Dwight can do anyway is dunk, so I'm, is it really helping him? <laughs> Truth or shenanigans, you guys can name three current Philadelphia Phillies. <laughs> <laughs> shenanigans. It, it's, it's close, but I can. But I get the point you're trying to make, but I can name a couple. Darren, can you? True. I think I'm going to say true. Hold on here. Ryan Howard. Mikel Franco. I'm out of names, man. <laughs> I actually forgot about Ryan Howard, so I can name four. I'm out of names. Uh, I, I can just because I play so much fantasy baseball, and there are a few players that I like. <laughs> I was going to say Franco, Aaron Nola, and Jared Eikhoff, and Cody Ash. And, 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 yeah, and the corpse of Ryan Howard. I so, did three. All right. Mark Capel is there. I follow him <laughs> on Twitter, so I know he's there. Okay. Yeah. JP Aaron Sibia is there. Um, I I think Andrew Bailey is there. No he idea. might be the closer. I, I but think he's between there. the three of us, we can name under ten. But it's a, it's <laughs> your point is well taken. <laughs> All right, fantasy sports are becoming more popular than actual live sports. Shenanigans without actual live sports, there is no fantasy sports. So the real sports are always going to be more popular. I'll say shenanigans. Uh, because I don't think they're more popular, but I do think it's close. Um, fantasy is fun. You can play it at home, and you can win money doing it. So what's not to like? Yeah, I, I say shenanigans. I'm not even sure it's close. They're they're popular. I'll give you that. They may be even growing in popularity. I'll give you that. But they're a long way from being more popular than the games themselves. Last but not least, in a sports movie, you'd prefer to see an athlete who can't act but makes the action look realistic instead of a great actor who looks awkward in the sports scenes. I'm going to say shenanigans, and I know you explained this question to me earlier, but Darren chimed in right away, oh, I get it. I'm still not sure I get your question. (laughs) I understand. Well, you ever watched that, a movie? that concerns me a little bit, the <laughs> fact that you understand it and I don't. I'm more intellectual than you are. Did you ever watch a movie where like, a guy is playing, uh, say, a pitcher, and you're like, this guy's never thrown a ball in his life. This looks so fake. Wouldn't you rather watch someone who actually has thrown a ball and looks good in the action sports scenes, nah. but maybe isn't as good of an actor? All right. I, it's a movie. I think I'd prefer an actor. That's what they're paid for. I mean, I saw Independence Day, man. I don't think those things were... Real? <laughs> I say true. I can't stand it when sports movies are ruined by bad action on the field or court or wherever. Make the sports scene authentic and let the novelty of a sports star trying to act carry the movie. It's fine with me. Westerns are a favorite genre of mine. I love Western movies. How do you but like I, those? Huh? I do like Westerns. Those well, are fun. I, but here's the deal. See, Here's where you and I are going to disagree. When, when a cowboy gets shot, I don't need to see everything coming out the backside. 
you know, the old days where you shoot him, he falls off his horse. I don't need you don't all need the, the Tarantino effect. No, I don't need all the graphics. Just fall off the horse. I'm smart enough to understand what happened. <laughs> See, I like all the gourds. I knew you did. It's fun. Was that it? Was that our last question? That was it. Did you answer that question? No, he didn't. No, but I at the beginning when I was explaining it, I thought that kind of gave away my position on it. So it's either my cold or this question because it didn't give it away to me. <laughs> okay. Well, I agree. It bothers me when I see uh, some big-name actor who's never thrown a ball in his life pretending like he has. So I would much rather see the athlete in the movie. <laughs> Coming up after the break, we're going to talk with Dan Fox. He's with the Pittsburgh Pirates. He's in their baseball informatics. That's the word, baseball informatics. Learned a new word today. We're going to talk to him after the break. You're listening to Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Town & Country has been in business for nearly three successful decades. They know how to get the job done. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown. Well, just about any place that you can pick up this radio station is a place Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country technicians are friendly, professional, and most important, knowledgeable. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't? Call Town & Country. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, you name it. Call Town & Country. Even raccoons and larger animals. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions at 585-426-5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. Joining us now on the BTG studio line is Dan Fox, Director of Baseball Systems Development for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Welcome to the program, Dan. Glad to have you on. Uh, well, thanks for having me. Your title with the Pirates is Director of Baseball Systems Development, which I'm sure encompasses a lot of various things. But can you give us an idea of what your role with the team is? Uh, sure. Um, actually, the, the title has changed recently. So we kind of moved it from baseball systems to what we now call baseball informatics. So the idea is that my team is responsible for collecting analyzing, presenting, creating software that uh, presents information and helps our decision makers make decisions about players, you know, whether it's like acquiring players, drafting players, trading for players, all that sort of stuff. So my little group is heavy into consuming as much information as we can and then making it digestible for um, the people in the front office who are making the decisions. More and more teams are building analytics departments, but sometimes there's clashes between the information guys and the on-field guys. An example being in Anaheim last year with Jerry Depoto and Mike Sosha clash, and now Depoto's not even with the Angels anymore. 
How have the Pirates been so successful at getting everyone on the same page? Well, I think from our perspective, it kind of starts from the top. So when I was brought in, Neil Huntington had just been hired as the general manager, and he really um, kind of preached the idea that we're going to use all forms of information, you know, whether it's scouting information or analytic information, in order to help us make the best decisions. Organizationally, we've had a lot of support from the leadership and and the things that we do and helping to integrate the lens that we look at things through uh, with the other parts of the organization. And then from the major league side, uh, Clint Hurdle, who was our major league manager, was hired in 2011. And he came in really with a kind of a thirst for knowledge. So he realized that there were ways that he looked at things that may not be ideal. And and I've certainly learned a ton from all of the knowledge that he has about the game. And so I think it takes a you know, an acknowledgement on both sides that we all have things to learn and that people have different perspectives that can inform us and we can uh, work together to, you know, come to the best decisions, come to the best conclusions about how we can do things as an organization. So I think humility is a big factor in that. And I've been fortunate, I think, to work in an organization where, where people take that seriously and don't think they have all the answers about everything all the time. Yeah, and I suppose it helps when you have support from the top down. Absolutely, yeah. If you came into an environment where you were viewed as an outsider, you know, and that you you had to prove yourself constantly that this is useful information or whatever, it, it would have been much harder, I think. So I was very blessed to be able to, to be in this position and to work with, you know, people like Neil and Clint and one of our assistant general managers, Kyle Stark, has been a big proponent of this sort of integration as well, and that's been extremely helpful. Now, I understand when the Pirates hired you, they didn't really have any kind of organizational database or an analytics department, and now what you've built there is recognized throughout baseball as an example of what teams are working hard to do. What's been your biggest challenge in building that sort of, you know, successful analytics department? Yeah, I think, I mean, you're right that when when I was hired, the Pirates had some systems that they had bought from other places, but nothing proprietary, nothing that was just uh, their own. And so from a systems and software perspective, that's always a great thing because you have nothing that you have to, um, nothing that you have to integrate. But I think the thing that I learned along the way is just better how to communicate the things that we were doing and the information that we were uh, collecting. And that took some fits and starts. So the way that I would talk to a group of coaches, you know, when I first started, I kind of cringe now as to the way I was thinking and the things I was saying because I learned a lot about how to present better and to speak in their vernacular and to adopt the things that I was doing to make it understandable. Of course, they've taught me a ton of things uh, on the other side so that I can be more effective in the things that I'm trying to communicate. You know, it's hard to know coming in how everything is going to be received and what is the best way to do things. So it's a, it is definitely a learning process. We're talking with Dan Fox here on Beyond the Game. Dan is with the Pittsburgh Pirates, and he drives their analytical information. There have already been a couple of instances this spring where guys like Anthony Ghost and Goose Gossage have been vocal about their rejection of analytics. Have you experienced any of that pushback so far in your time with Pittsburgh? Well, I think as I look back over the eight years now that I've been here, I mean, there's been individual conversations here and there, right, where I'm like a little bit, uh, not nervous, but... You know, like, oh, that's kind of surprising that you would have that view. But <laughs> I think, again, for the most part, the way that Neil and uh, team president Frank Curley has kind of built the organization, there is an inclusiveness and really an attitude of we're all in this 
all in this together. Prior to working in baseball, one of my hesitations about doing so was exactly the kind of interactions that you described there that, you know, it's not going to be accepted or it's going to take a really long time to make any inroads. And so I have been pleasantly surprised that, you know, overall and in 99% of the interactions that I have with kind of topic case. So for me, it's been just a great experience, you know, almost from day one. Good. I'll tell you, Dan, Pittsburgh seems to have become a place where guys want to go to play. Why do you think that is? Is it the consistent winning? Is it a combination of things? Well, I think there's no question that from a player's uh, perspective, um, winning is a big part of it. So once you've kind of established the organization as a winning organization or successful, then that perks players' attention. But I think on top of that, the culture that Clint has created in the clubhouse, um, that kind of uh, information or, you know, the way that things are done here gets around. So players tell other players, players have the same agents, and so they know, you know, the way that different players are treated by the coaches and the staff here, and that information kind of gets out there. And so I think more than anything, probably the way in which our coaches work with players and the way that Clint has created a an atmosphere of, you know, of being a true leader I think that goes a long way. So we have kind of a reputation now in terms of being able to help pitchers succeed. So our pitcher coach Ray Searage is very good at identifying, you know, ways in which the, he can help pitchers and that information has kind of gotten out. And so there are pitchers now who want to come here who previously maybe wouldn't have. So I think it's a combination of culture, the leadership and actually the skill. It has been a big difference from the time that I got here. So that wasn't certainly wasn't always the case back in seven, eight years ago. Sure, they've they've enjoyed a lot of success here in recent years. In fact, last year, a 98-win season, that is highly successful. In fact, how optimistic are you about the 2016 Pirates? And, and you set the bar pretty high last year. Can you improve upon that? Well, yeah, like you say, 98 wins is pretty hard to improve upon. So yeah. we're just doing our best to field the most competitive team. Uh, that we can. So we feel good about the guys that we've brought in and certainly the guys that have come back. So yeah, I think we're still, we are going to be a good team and the competition has only gotten a little bit more difficult as the, the Cubs certainly loaded up in the offseason and Cardinals are obviously a good team. So we yeah. have our work cut out for us, but we are, yeah, optimistic that we will, will be competitive. So that's certainly a strong division that you're in. Prior to the Pirates, you were with yeah. Compassion International, a Christian charity that helps children in poverty. How rewarding was that experience, and how does your faith influence your life and perhaps even what you do there with the Pirates? Well, yeah, first of all, I, I just love the time that I was able to spend um, at Compassion. So I come from a uh, consulting uh, background and had heard from a friend that Compassion was looking for a software architect to help them. Um, with a project as they scaled up to serving their one million child. So, mm. so I, I came to Compassion with a kind of a mission to help automate some things so that, you know, more of the sponsored dollars can go where they need to go. And I worked on that project for three years while I was with Compassion and just loved every minute of it and had nothing but, you know, good things to say about the organization and the mission. It was, it really was a, a blessing for me to be able to serve you know, in that way. And yeah, I just can't say enough about how, how awesome all of that is. I would have continued to be a compassion, but then when this job opened up with the Pirates, you know, we prayed about it and, and ultimately, uh, baseball and this, this sort of thing was, 
was something I also had a, a passion for and was something that doesn't come along as often, I thought. Now, were you raised in, in a faith-based home, or, or is this something that's come to you later in life? No, I was. My uh, parents were Christians, although they came to it a little bit more seriously when I was a teenager. So, so basically, when I was a teenager, then uh, my parents became serious and actually gave their advice to the Lord. But, and so then that was kind of a little bad in me. And when I went to Iowa State uh, University, I got involved in the Baptist Student Union at the time, which came kind of one of the main college faith-based groups at Iowa State. And it was through that group and the, the ministry there that I became a Christian and uh, was baptized, you know, in that church. Going to Iowa State, did you follow college basketball? Do you have a bracket? Did you pick a national champion? I I follow college basketball. I've been so busy um, down here during spring training that I did not pick a bracket. But the Cyclones are doing well, so we'll root for them on yeah. Kind of reject, so. yeah. I wonder if you would have an advantage with your analytical background and your information in building a bracket. <laughs> well, a couple guys on my team, I think, think they have an advantage with their bracket, too, so <laughs> kind of put them out of the running. We've been talking with Dan Fox uh, here on Beyond the Game. He works in the analytics department with the Pittsburgh Pirates. And, Dan, I want to thank you for coming on and wish you all the best with the season ahead. All right. Thank you. I really appreciate it. We're so glad to have you along on this final Saturday of March. You're listening to Beyond the Game at BTG Program or btgprogram.com. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Hope and inspiration can be hard to find at times. For that reason, God has given us many promises in His Word in which we can cling to. Spencer Traver focuses on several of these promises in his book, 21 Promises Declaring Jesus as Lord. 21 Promises accounts real-life stories to help us recognize God's presence and identify His promises as we endure present times. With the help of Scripture, 21 Promises teaches young and old alike to understand with their minds and believe with their hearts in the unfailing promises of God. 21 Promises Declaring Jesus as Lord by Spencer Traver is available through Amazon and other booksellers or through the website traverbrothers.com. That's traverbrothers.com. Pick up a copy of 21 Promises and enjoy the unfolding of the promises of God as they're displayed in both scripture and real life events. 21 Promises Declaring Jesus as Lord by Spencer Traver. On sale now. Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Barry Bonds never took steroids. It's a faith-based sports radio program. Don't ruin it by being an idiot. Highlighting the stories and the people of faith. Have a high moral standard. It's not a faith program that includes sports. It's a sports talk show rooted in faith-based principles. How silly can you get? You want to heckle blind people? That would make me soil my pants. Dude. Welcome back to the show, recording in the BTG studios in Rochester, New York. Here is your host, Rick Benson. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, and I need to, in advance, apologize for Darren's unreasonable rant, which is no way a reflection of my opinion, <laughs> Zach's opinion, our sponsor's opinion, or anybody else's opinion probably on the planet. Here's Darren with his unreasonable rant. Now, 
Now the moment we've all been waiting for. Tom Brady wears Uggs. I have no knowledge of anything. I have no explanation for what happened. The highlight of the show. I'm not going to let our fans down. The reason people tune in week after week. Said no one ever. Darren's Unreasonable Rant. Twitter. It really is an amazing thing. Connects friends and family in 140 characters or less. Connects fans to the heroes and trolls to everyone. It makes for countless hours of entertaining interactions. But it's all funny games until little kids who never saw Michael Jordan play a game and only saw Kobe in this advanced that should have retired three years ago stage of his career start voting the greatest player of all time. How have these kids' fathers never sat them down and showed them clips of Michael? There are hours of it on YouTube. Kids love YouTube. Benson loves YouTube. This is a travesty, an outrage. These children's parents, I'm assuming they're children because who would ever vote for LeBron or Kobe if they saw MJ, these children's parents should be fined and imprisoned for such horrendous parenting, and I mean that. Obama's trip to Cuba actually gave me the idea. Seriously, think about it. With all the American news coverage there, you would think Cubans would jump at the opportunity to cry about their government and poor living conditions, but they didn't. Why? Because of the fear of the consequences. And that is what these kids and their parents need for such stupid opinions and hands-off parenting. Consequences. Make Twitter more communistic. Make parenting in general more like this. Maybe then we'll stop raising a generation full of idiots. Oh my word. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com, fearing nothing but God. My pest of the week is ESPN, and no, I'm not trying to pile on, although it may seem like we are. Through their official Twitter account for SportsCenter, the network sent out a message which said, Savior and Scourge, Fidel Castro was many things to many people. One thing we can all agree on, he loved his sports. Oh my gosh. The tweet has since been deleted. But what a dumb thing to say. The fact that this was Passover week makes it even more shameful to use the term savior to describe Fidel Castro. Are you crazy, ESPN? His love for baseball should not overshadow the fact that he was a cruel, murderous dictator. ESPN has apologized for the tweet, but not necessarily for the content, more for its lack of clarity being out of context of a larger feature. By the way, our bad is not the same thing as we're sorry or please forgive us. We all say dumb things, but ESPN is my best of the week. I just hope our guy Jason wasn't behind that. Remember we had him on the show a few weeks ago? (laughs) As I say, we all say foolish things from time to time. I only wish their apology would have been more direct and maybe more appropriate. My best of the week is also ESPN. They've been called the LeBron Network for a long time because they follow his every move, but this week they posted multiple news stories about the fact that he unfollowed the Cavaliers on Twitter and Instagram and what that might mean. My pass of the week is Ioannis Cespedes. Um, For whatever reason, the ball got over his head in in a spring training game here, and he just stopped playing it. It got stuck under the wall, but it wasn't really stuck under the wall. He just stopped playing it. He basically went full Chuck Knobloch on it and was just pointing at the ball while people are running around the bases for an inside-the-park home run. It's the end of spring training. You're supposed to be ramping up, playing well, and you're looking like an idiot out there. Ioannis Cespedes, my pass of the week. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game has been brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Townandcountrysolutions.com or give them a call 585-426-5024. Tell them Benson sent you sexy voice and all. Thanks for joining us. For Zach, for Darren, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be right here next week at this very same time.